0: Okay, it's going to look a little bit different this morning, as you can see. So I'd, lo- I'd love for Melani to come up and sit on one of these chairs. And for those of you maybe who are a little bit coming in a little bit late, uh, Milani is a friend of ours, and uh, she's a wonderful sister and encouragement to God's house and His church. And if you didn't know um, that Milani is in Swellendam congregation out in the, in the promised land, It's only a two-hour drive, and she loves having visitors, okay? (laughs) And if you've got a dog, even better. (laughs) But um, what I wanted to share is just, you know, we were singing that song about the world would go strangely or grow strangely dim. And I realized that in some parts of the world, it's quite a dim place to live. There's not much going on. And believers there have a hotline sometimes to the Lord because there's nothing else but Him. And we drove into Seapoint this morning and I realized there's not one doggy hotel, dog owners. There's more than one doggy hotel. I mean, when did a doggy hotel come from? It's just this place of like comfort and pleasure and extra and the coffee shops and the amount of sport happening on a Sunday that we passed. Take your pick, parachute, you know, mountain climb, bus. It's just like the world is so bright where God has put us. It's so bright, and it's so attractive, and yet he calls us always to to make him the only face that we seek, to make him number one. He's he wants us, and this morning he's he's wanting to put us face to face. I believe he is, and uh, I really feel like he wanted to do that in us and heal us. There was a word about healing as well this morning that's come through, but it's a healing of us where we've become calloused or numb from freezing wow, cold that's water. A good one. So if you go diving in the ice, Antarctica, we've had someone there recently. You come up from the ice and you cannot feel your fingers anymore. And that God wanted to heal those fingers so that we're not numb anymore, but we can feel like we should. And I realize, well, we're not jumping in the ice. But I think this world we live in and our community we live in can, can make us numb. It's like, it's like we've been swimming in the ice because things are so attractive out there and they do demand our attention and the Lord's got our heart. But as I hear the word through Milani, he has so much more for us. Mm-hmm. So trusting this morning, he's going to do it with us. But I'm going to ask Milani just to tell us a little bit about who she is, where she comes from, and, um, and how she met Jesus Christ and why she's in his family this morning. How did that happen?
1: <laughs> so, my, my testimony uh, became really special to me only a few years ago, just the last conference we had in Isle of Man before uh, before COVID, it was the first time that someone prophesied something that made me realize that I didn't just make it up as a child. So I've always known I met Jesus when I was really little, uh, but I'll tell you the story. So I was uh, not in preschool yet, so I was about four years old, and I used to have, like I think like most kids that age, incredibly, like, uh, creative imagination and I had all kinds of friends, bunnies and whatever, and I'd play with them in the garden. I grew up quite a lonely child. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I won't give you details, but uh, what happened is the one day I sat, this is what I remember, I'm sorry, I, I can't put it more sanely, but I sat having a uh, tea party with Jesus <laughs> under, under these uh, blue gum trees. And I remember looking up and a light came through the trees and hit my chest. And in that moment, I knew that Jesus is God and that he's real. So, and I've known, I want to cry now, but I've known his presence since then. Only twice in my life have I felt abandoned by him. I didn't feel his presence. The one time, you know, MC and Andrew that lead Joshine, um, I was visiting MC and she had a, a, like a hectic spirit of rejection and abandonment. And in the night, I woke up and I felt that there is no God. And it was for me to have compassion with her because that's what a spirit of abandonment makes you feel like. It doesn't make you feel like God is abandoned, it makes you feel like there is just nothing. And in another time, I was witnessing to a German guy that was a complete atheist. And when I got home that night, Suddenly, God, I was alone. God wasn't there. And it's because the Lord wanted to show me what it's like to be without hope and without God in this world. So I do have a lot of compassion with, uh, people that suffer from rejection. I've been delivered from that demon myself. I've got a, a really a heart for the lost, even though I'm a terrible evangelist. I'm so useless. But, um, I, 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 I cannot imagine what it's like not to know Jesus. So I've known his nearness since then. But like I said, I was always a little bit iffy. You know, you guys, like I was in prison and I was on drugs and you've got all these, like, <laughs> sensational, like, like like front of the the you magazine stories, you know. I don't have that. But I'm so grateful the Lord put me on a short leash since young. And um I I was in the Isle of Man and guys were praying for me. And the one guy said to me, he's from Isle of Man, he said to me, Do you know those Australian trees, gum trees? So I'm like, Yeah, like I was wondering, where's this going? And he said, The Lord just said to me, I don't know what this means. He said me, I've known you since under the gum trees. So, I've known him since under the gum trees, and and I, I have to say that a huge impact, um, a huge change in my life. I grew up uh, with uh, the understanding that sitting still in church was like my highest moral obligation to sit still in church. I do not do well at sitting still. <laughs> and um and i um I, I, so I grew up with wanting to serve Jesus, but not being able to really see the correlation between Jesus and church. And um, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 18 on the 26th of day, and It's like, yay! <laughs> so I've, I've served Jesus without the infilling of the Holy Spirit for, for quite a few years. And I want to highly recommend getting filled with the Spirit. And then, church, church, we don't have to sit still. <laughs> so, yeah, so that is my story until I got filled with the Spirit. Yes. That's
0: Melanie. Uh, so... <laughs> So I'm going to jump straight in because I, I, someone got hold. Oh sorry, I had a little giggle. It looks like someone got hold of my notes and put a question in right in the beginning. Was it you, my lovey? I don't remember putting this in here. I don't it's know if a it was the Holy Spirit. I don't <laughs> remember. We had a late night at the wedding. But the first question is, Milani, how important would you say a good cup of coffee is in the morning? I don't know where that came from. Did you get hold of my notes? Is it that important?
1: <laughs> Are you trying to get me to relate to these sleepsters? <laughs>
0: Okay, moving on, but it's there. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, so we've known you for a long time, and so, mm. many of us, but many of you don't know, Malani. Mm. So in terms of, um, we're in a movement around the world called 412. Mm. If you didn't know, it's based on Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, which dano has got there, even on the board. <laughs> and um, you've even got 411 there, so I'm just going to read... Just that we're in the word of God at least once this morning, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> but in verse 11, it was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some for evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. The point, verse 12, to prepare God's people, us, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's so much in the Lord for us to to reach, to gain, to enjoy, to experience, to grow into. And um, he's given us five gifts, key gifts, fivefold Ephesians gifts, which is why we call our movement 412, because we have many of these gifts in us, amongst us who go all over the churches across the world and equip us and and train us and help develop those giftings potentially that are in some of us. And uh, Melani would be recognized as a prophetic gift, a prophetess, recognized by people across the world and she travels all over. Maybe she can tell us a little bit of her travels this year, but we are very fortunate to have her with us because she will be on the road and in the air a lot for the rest of the year. But what the, how did you recognize, first of all, that you could hear the Lord's voice, mm. begin to prophesy what He says, and did someone pray for that gift to erupt in you? Mm. Do, do you remember your first ever prophetic word over you in line with there's something that the Lord is going to do in your life? hear His voice and declare over yeah. others.
1: Yeah, so I, when I got filled to the Spirit, I immediately uh, could see into the spiritual realm, and I, I heard stuff, and I saw stuff, and I felt stuff, and I just thought that's what spiritual believers are like, and then I realized there's, there's different gifts, you know, and we the Lord has gifted us all differently. When it comes to the call, to the fivefold call, I was very reluctant, because I was like... Does it mean I have to sit still and like dress in like Chanel suits and they have big hair? And you know, like my idea of people in full-time ministry, especially women, was just so totally weird. And uh, I, and I remember um, meeting this guy, like it's really a supernatural why I met this friend in PE. Uh, When I was a student, I had long hair, and he hasn't, um, he actually lived in a combi for a year, so this guy was just surfing. He wasn't actually showering, and, oh, this is so cool, (laughs) and he, um, yeah, he was just, he thought that's washing, surfing, and then we became friends, and we started prophesying over each other, and he went because it's the first time I met someone that also saw angels and had all these experiences with God, so he said to me, you're you're a prophet, and you've called to it, and I'm like, no, man, I don't want to do that, I've seen people say, Stand and they have to prophesy over people. I don't want to be a prophecy machine. And, uh, and I said to him, some call you evangelist, some call you a, um, a prophet, but the Lord is saying you're an apostle. What's that? And he goes, no, I don't know what that is. And seven years later, we planted Josh James. So that was Andrew Seely. And, uh, and uh, um, it, was just, it was just incredible to see how my whole idea of church changed as I guess this apostolic grace that's on Andrew to really appreciate and see what God intended for church and then with that, I mean over the years I'm super excited about the fivefold. I absolutely love it because the fivefold together ministering In and through the churches, building the church up. There's such a powerful thing of us coming together in that way. And the fivefold is not this person with a Chanel handbag and I don't know what nonsense. It is a friend of Jesus. That's, I think that's the day when I got excited about my call is that my main job is to be a friend of God. It's to be a friend of Jesus. And then I hope for your sake, that the prophet's reward that the Bible speaks about is Jesus. Because there is really, what else do we want, you know? Um, and I've, I've, I've come to embrace and love my call, also because it is in team, it is in submission. Uh, more and more I realize that Satan's intent is to keep the fivefold separate, people with independent ministries traveling, thinking they're doing great things for God, but actually they're like rolling stones that roll through the, through the congregations and not necessarily do what we are called to do. And that's to bring us into maturity, into unity, to equip the saints, all those things. So I think. It took me years to actually go. Yes. Um Southie, Australian prophetess, she prophesied over me and she said, You're gonna be doing what I'm doing. And I was like, No, thanks. And then um she like what she said some stuff that was that only God knew. And I was like, Whoa. And she said, You're gonna travel. I'm like, I like South Africa. <laughs> and uh, even Neil's saying, you No, know, I live in Australia, Dam, I'm there at most a week in a month. And um, yeah, so I travel three quarters of the time. And, um, yeah, and, I, and she said that. But I think what she did and how she lived, and I almost want to say the previous generation of um, prophetic people, I, I want to encourage you to throw yourself into local church. And then when the day comes where the Lord says, set apart for me, this one and this one, for that and that role, go for it. But there's, there's a treasure that we've been entrusted with, and that's his bride. So I... I love what I do, but it took me a long time to get the picture, the horror pictures out of my head that I don't want to live in.
0: The only thing is that you spoke about being filled with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. at 18. Um, What was that experience like for you? How did it happen? Yeah. Can you remember? (laughs) Of course I remember.
1: (laughs) I felt nothing, honestly. But luckily the guys that prayed for me didn't. Make me expect to feel anything. They only gave me an expectation. They asked me if I have the boldness to be a witness. And I said, I don't. I love Jesus, but if I want to start speaking about him, I'll just cry. Like, I don't have the boldness to be a witness. And they said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be a witness. I'm like, okay. So they said, I must stay without food for a day. Like, you must know all these things were very (laughs) near to me. Then they like read the whole of Acts. And all of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, it's quite interesting because when I do prophetic equipping, those are the scriptures really that I go to. So I read all that, and then they said, and then before supper, I said, I'm going to die. We're like, how do I get full of the Spirit? And they said, no, we're going to lay hands on you. And when they laid hands on me, I spoke in tongues. I was the first person I ever heard speaking in tongues. I'm like, what's that? You know, like. Um, and like I said, then went for supper and could just f- see things in people's hearts and Heard the Lord saying stuff and um, yeah, so it was a radical uh, thing for me that threw like that ruined my world. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, and then also what we wanted to ask you and um, it isn't a little bit in line with church planting and some many of us were part of uh, outreach congregation Mm -hmm. from City Bowl planted and others have been in church plants. They know how difficult it can be when Mm. you start small. Yeah. Now, maybe not everyone realizes that when God called Andrew and MC to plant Joshua Generation Church, they came from Port Elizabeth, and along with them was Milani and Julie and Julie's son. So they were the original crew of which we now spawned 7,000 and over 600 churches across the world. Did you ever think that God would use you guys in that way when you, were, when you met? Were you at varsity when you guys met? How did that happen, <laughs> and how did the call of God come over you to do such a crazy thing
1: so I, I like I said um, when, the day I met Andrew he asked me to pray with him on the beach every day so that's how friendship started and then he met MC and like I had the sense of destiny with the two of them I knew our lives are going to like the Lord using, is going to use us together at some point. But I also felt a, a, a call to the nation. So I spent six years, six and a half years, uh, as part of a mission organization. And during that time, like I just, Whenever I could get to PE, I would go visit them. Because I always had the sense. I mean, this. I prophesied over Andrew. I said to him, one day you're going to plant a church, and I want to be part of your church planting team. And like I said, that took seven years. And he was sent out by church. I joined in. uh, And I laugh when people complain, you know, our church plants. They're like, you know, there's like, there's only like 88 of us. At the congregation is small. I'm like, you don't understand. You know, there were four of us. And then the, like three months after three months, there were 60 of us. After a year, there was 180 of us of, of which 90 got saved in us. They went church relocation. So, I mean, it was hard work. You know, like I, I say to Julie still, I, I'm so happy. Like it was wonderful when we were small, but I'm so happy it's not. My fault every time someone leaves the church. Leaves the church. Like when a church is small, if someone leaves, it's like Milani didn't greet me in Bayside Center. I like, so I'm still to this day when I walk through a, a shopping center, I'm like hello, la like, I'm like you look familiar. Which congregation you are in? You know, I'm I'm paranoid about someone leaving the church because I didn't greet them. So <laughs> so early days also meant the practical thing of we were on duty every day. I laugh at home groups like we're on duty again. I'm like. What's wrong with your brain? I had this little Suzuki van and all the kitchen furniture went into that. And um, and then we get to the all in table view and it stinks, and like someone's still doing yoga and someone is still doing karate, and we have to clean the place up and clean the toilets, and there's something about the 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 all-in of early days that, yeah, we you knew. I mean, if you're not there, like there's a big hole. And I, I think for you guys to keep reminding yourselves. That you're missed when you're not here. That your service is not like there's 110 other people that can do it. Like, if you give your all, then God can again multiply this, you know. We can might have a Greenpoint congregation again someday. <laughs> so just to give you an idea, the congregation, I'm part of Swell and Dan, We planted elders out. So I've been there for six years. We planted out elders in Still Bay, in Worcester. And in uh um Bonnyvale, we sent forty guys to Bonnyvale. Now Bonnyvale's already planting in Robertson, Firstly is planting in De uh, we are planting at evening congregation, the workers are few, and the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, guys. <laughs> don't don't take a break this time outside of eternity. Very, <laughs> okay,
0: very good. Be very like good. Shoshana yeah. when you go on your cruise. <laughs> Extend the kingdom. And, and so coming back to um, the small crew, the four of you in a lounge, five of you in a lounge, at what point, uh, what point did you realize that God was going to do something beyond the, the single congregation or the, you know, the planting hasn't always been, it was something that the Lord did. It wasn't always yeah. the plan to, to, to have multiple communities. Nah. So you were around when Julian and Chantelle moved to Seapoint. Yeah. And that's that's fruit, of, we're fruit of that. Wow. So how did that happen? What was that like when it first began? Okay, we need to get out of yeah. our beautiful one family and grow.
1: So, so just to encourage those of you that have messy people in your lives and discipling people, Chantal slept on my couch for a year. So um, she, was, she and her boyfriend got saved together. They were going to get married then the one day the Lord said to me, just ask her why she wants to marry him. And I said, are you marrying him because you're scared of him or because you love him? And she said, scared of him. And I said, okay, all marriage wedding plans are off. <laughs> she got baptized in the Pulmar Complex. And, um, yeah, they ended up being the guys that joined here and planted. And, um, yeah, so, so there's so much history. You know, like it's, it's just incredible. So one of the things I think we were maybe st- Stupid enough to believe God, and I think from the start we've had an absolute revelation that God loves to use the foolish things to stand the wise, and the weak things to show off to the strong. And uh, we had this saying we would like go as people were adding stuff we go. Could this be God? It's gotta be God. Because we look at one another, it's like, it's definitely not us. And um, and even Andrew, I mean, when we sat in that lounge, I remember saying, Okay, Andrew, you did a church planting course. How did we plant a church? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we love we're gonna love God and love people. We didn't advertise, we didn't know nothing. And then also just as it started growing and that point where Andrew we, it was a wrestling in his heart, but we knew. We want congregation where each person is known by name. That's what, what we see in scripture. And we don't ever want to be a preaching center. And but it hurt, eh? So I was part of Sunningdale Evening for 17, 18 years. Um, and in the, everything I spawned from there. So every time we sent someone out, we were like, oh, ah! Missing my friend, and it's not the same. And then it's like you just get connected in with like a home group leader or something, and it's like bye-bye to mm. Durbanville, you know. Now again we're going bye-bye to America. So, so you guys are probably gonna go bye-bye to Israel, to Shoshana, and and Kyle. Yeah. So, so it is just um, yeah, we love each other dearly while we're together, but we know that God has called us to a big world, and um and I think something in our hearts will grow hard if we stop sacrificing for his sake, you know? So and I can't remember your question, no, that's Neil. Great. You I'm having too well. much fun. here.
0: <laughs> your answers are are doing better than my questions. Oh, and that's what matters. <laughs> but um you had a heart for the nations always. Yes. Um, I remember some of your stories of just reaching neighbors yeah. as you went about in your complex yeah. with the children and you reached yeah. the mom and that, there was always that that you'd mm. carried. So you have a heart for the nations. You've even been in some Middle East nations, some places many of us mm. wouldn't have gone. Um, having, having laid a lot of things down to serve yeah. the small group and follow mm. these crazy friends into what God has broken open now. Mm. Now you've traveled a lot. Yeah. How have you seen, you know, following God's pattern of the New Testament mm. through the local church, um, um, bringing to the apostles' feet yeah. dreams and visions and even our finance and going, yeah. well, I'm yours, Lord, and, yeah. I, and I submit my gifts, my talents, my yeah. time into this local household, yeah. God's way. How have you seen that develop yeah. and grow? So in?
1: I think it was a growing process of growing in um, my heart being healed, me being delivered from a lot of like hatred of Uh, authority, men. So it was definitely a healing process and a a growth in realizing the joy of entrusting yourself to those that God trusted enough to make your shepherds. And even as, like it's very fresh for me, even as I'm sitting here, my heart is burning. There's something I want to do. There's a place I want to go. And I just sent a voice message to Ryan. And if Ryan says, I don't think so, Then it's not happening. If Ryan says, okay, I think it could be, then I'll send a message to Andrew. If Andrew, I'll say to Andrew, you don't need to explain. If it's a no, it's a no. Like, I have come to appreciate the fact that I'm safe. Under authority, they flourish under authority. And um, like the blessings that flows from being under men who loves Jesus and people who we can consider the outcome of their lives. So even when I train in the prophetic, I keep saying, guys, the prophetic can be something so destructive and ugly if it's not under authority. Under authority, it's a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. That's how God has designed us to submit to one another out of respect for him. Um, so so f- for me, I don't miss that independence. I-, I remember even when Andrew planted, um, he was warned against me and Julie. <laughs> yeah, so he so the guy said to him, I had an independent spirit, and I tell you I did, yeah. but Andrew Andrew's pastoral heart was able to love me into a place where I could trust. And honestly, there's times where Andrew has rebuked me from a dizzy height. No, he was very gentle, but it was very sore. And I couldn't, I said to my friends, I can't tell you Andrew said that to me. I, Jesus said to me. Stop it! And I think if we, especially as prophetic people, can start realizing that as much as God speaks through the prophetic, speaks through his word, he speaks through his leaders. That's why you have to be so careful who you follow. You have to make sure you like checking out Neil and Taryn, the other elders, you're in their homes, you're asking them the difficult questions before you commit to being under the authority because your destinies are entwined. And I am so grateful that I'm under Men that is humble and loves God and live their lives in an open way and whose only desire is to please God and do things according to, to Scripture. So it hasn't been hard for me. It's actually it's been painful at times, but it hasn't been hard. And I never want to, I, I don't want to go on the strip that I want to go on unless I'm sure I'm sent because I've seen the fruit. Excuse.
0: And, and coming from those early days, I know that Andrew and MC were blessed and sent out of mm. the Storehouse Church, yes. Richard Preston and a yeah. group of elders, and there was apostolic oversight. So I don't know how much of that you understood as a young lady, but how you must have felt very safe knowing this is a new, new Testament pattern. Yeah. I can trust not only my new friends, but also people that love and know the Lord around. Yeah, I think
1: I saw the fruit in the kids from those churches. Like as students, you had lots of people going to church on Sunday, but there's some that shone. And those were the guys in churches like New Covenant Churches who actually lived their lives in the light. Uh, Something I also remembered the other day is um, I didn't understand it at the time, but Andrew had a team ready to plant in George many, many years ago, like 30 years ago, and – one obvious leader said, you know what, if you go now, this church will suffer. And Andrew's, Andrew just felt he actually, they must, mustn't must go. And then like 20 years later, we've got a congregation in George. You know, like he gave that up. But I remember when Andrew was starting to be noticed as a gifted, anointed young man and Especially for evangelism, there were amazing new covenant leaders that wanted to, him to travel with them in the States as an evangelist in America. And again, this, it was decided that actually the local church needs him and that he needs to grow um, also into more as a, a wider thing than just evangelism. And now, like now, 27 years later, he's actually. Going uh, like he's going to be in the States for more long term. Um, And I've watched, I think it's easy to follow men when you've watched their lives of submission and obedience. If I think of Russell, Russell Fraser, I have so much respect for that man. The way that, the way that he just backs Andrew and the way that he corrects Andrew, you know, the way that those guys relate to one another. I, I, I'm very, um, ADD. I'm sure you haven't noticed. And I didn't take my meds today because I'm funnier when I don't, when I'm not on it. But, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but I, am um, tend to like, Listen, I'm hyperfocus. I'm listening to Andrew speaking with a group of people, and then I go, but but but, and I'll someone interrupt him, and then go, oh no, I just heard someone interrupt Andrew. Oh no, it was me, and then I'm like, <laughs> so um, so so the one time we're sitting in a group of people, and Andrew's teaching something, and I just cut across him. I said, what about this scripture? And he had every right to go, be quiet, woman, like or whatever. He just went, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, and I just thought in that moment on my head, I wasn't right in the way I did it. But this is a man I can follow who is so correctable. And then afterwards, when we looked at the scripture again, we decided he was actually right and I was wrong. (laughs) So (laughs) what a safe place. What a wonderful place to be in.
0: Uh, You've you've seen the the church all over the world. So Mm. you've worked with men and women um, in different nations. And very often, uh, we don't always see. Some of us have begun to travel this, uh, which is amazing. Mm. Um, At times, you see churches in the world that are really battling or might look really small. Mm. And and the first time we went on an outreach with Andrew before we had kids, we were in Oatsun. and it was very small. And Cliffy was handing over. And I remember the Friday night, Andrew preached, and uh, there was hardly anybody there. But when we looked at him, he was preaching as if there were a hundred. And I thought, how do you do that? yeah, it was that camp. Were you there? Were you, there? you were there too.
1: That made the same impression. You were
0: there too. It
1: blew my mind.
0: And Gerrit and, and Maria were there. And anyway, and I remember thinking, I don't get this. Because I'm, I'm quite despondent on the Friday night. And people came more and more over the weekend. And I remember the lesson was he pulled us aside and he said, you always preach as if there's a hundred. You know, it's, it's a faith, it's a faith yes. step. And, I, and I re, uh, that thought came to me now because I know that even when he goes to America, there's a church that was 500, is down to about 90, um, and, and it can feel like this is going backward if you mm. just look at numbers, but it's not. Um, but, but the heart is often with you guys traveling that you see churches flourishing, but you'll see yeah. some struggling. Mm. But the heart is always, help the struggling people mm. in God, help the struggling church, mm. because if they get it and find health evangelism flows and everything flows and suburbs change and cities Mm -hmm. change and nascent nations change. Mm -hmm. So the heart of that is something that we want to always carry. How do you live in that? Because you're going to see amazing stories and you're going to see sometimes we maybe are despondent about what you see in that nation, in that church. So how do you stay positive about God's vehicle and his church?
1: I I that weekend, that same weekend blew my mind because I was like, I was little bit annoyed because Andrew was like becoming quite important, you know, preaching in different places. Now we get to Oatswirt and, and there's like 30 guys that pitched, you know. I'm like, how can you miss out on apostolic input? Like, no Then he gets up mm-hmm. and I kept thinking he's preaching like he would preach at a 412 conference. He is, um, he sees what God sees, you know. And now, today, that Oatswirt congregation is doing well. Another one, actually, that you mentioned, the American church, over the years, like, I could not believe that Andrew keeps going back to, to heritage. I'm like, they don't want you. They've, like, voted out the guy that wants you. The guy that thought he wanted you has fallen into sin. Like, just let them do their thing the way they want to do their thing. But Andrew's hearts for the church and for the nations that is really birthed out of his incredible love for Jesus, eh? Like, that Jesus died for a bride and that is worthy to rest, to come back for her without spot and blemish, and that we have the honour to be part of that, and even struggling little groups like it's worth travelling, it's worth going. I've heard you know with church movements with the guys that's in small towns or have little struggling churches, they never see the 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 gifted guys because it's just not considered important enough and Andrew's never lived like that. We've never lived like that. That's why I've always, I'm painting, eh? I don't want to just go to churches that can afford to buy me a plane ticket. I want to go where there's that little group with faith and we have been very blessed eh? Like the growth we've seen, um, like even a place like Holland that is such a, such an inspiration now to the other European countries and, and, You know, there's a lot of things that we all have in common. Now, often what I see, a blessed congregation is where there's unity. So a lot of what we do is actually just help come alongside people, sort out relational issues, align stuff with Scripture, um, help them put their sights on Jesus and on what Jesus wants for his church. And, uh, yeah, and then often, like, sometimes it happens, like, like one of our European churches have been struggling and struggling and struggling for years. And the unity came in some of the relationships. That Sunday there were eight unbelievers at the service, which is huge for that country. Huge. And and yeah, so even in that you learn that God's ways are perfect, eh? And even things like when you feel it with someone in your home group, it's worth humbling yourself, sorting out your heart, getting that thing right, because God will continue to add people into families that's in unity.
0: Nations on your heart? <laughs> any any nations that you still want to go to, see us <laughs> so, travel to? So,
1: so I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been to enough nations to start forgetting which ones I've been to. Uh, but what's interesting is when I joined that mission organization, when I filled in my form, they said, name three uh, nations that you have a heart for and I said France, France, France and I haven't been to France but I've been to many other places and I think, I think hold lightly when you have a nation on your heart but also look out for people from that nation in Seapoint and on the plane next to you and um, on the bus you know, like, and, and on the internet it's, it's um, incredible a friend of mine has a heart for Green, not Greenland, Iceland Iceland, and she's now connected with spiritual believers there, and she's praying for them, and they are zooming and whatever. But anyway, like the world is a is a small place, so don't let that pull distract you. Throw yourself in totally with what God puts on C points heart. You run with that, and I'm sure I'll get my turn in France. You know, and and like for now, I think because. God is giving us, like I always, like I've been feeling, like saying this more and more often, where Jesus is the head, we'll less and less be me, 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 and more we, we, we. And if I look at, I don't actually, in a way, care which nations is on my heart. I, I look at what God's doing, and He seems to be the Americas, and then wherever we have 412 relating churches, wherever Joshua is getting broken open. So that's, I'll, I'll put my heart there, like you're, your, where your treasures your heart will be so I don't know one nation that I've gone to that my heart wasn't gripped and I've stopped making promises while I'm there you know because every time you go God gives you a heart for that church and I feel totally part of that congregation and I, I, I think we need to take our, you know, our dreams and our stuff and just put them into the we with Christ as the head and just get busy with extending the kingdom
0: hmm. Uh, Melanie, not all of us are married with families yet here. And many would want to be. Some are quite happy to use their time for the kingdom, which is Mm -hmm. beautiful. But many are on different uh, parts of their journey. You've used your time well. The Lord has got you single for now. Mm -hmm. But you've used it so well for him and his people, Mm -hmm. your family all over the world. What encouragement would you give those of us that are still single Mm -hmm. and do you have five nights a week open? No, I'm teasing. But what would you say to us?
1: So what Andrew always says like if you want to work for Jesus, stay single. If you want to become like Jesus, get married. Um uh, so I, I think it's it was much harder for me to be single when all these amazing guys that's now leading our congregation stuff when they were my single friends. Like, you know, every week you got a crush on someone else and then one of the guys plays the guitar and you're like, oh, and then, then like, you see how he's flourishing as a home group leader, like, oh, like, you know. Um, so now all of my friends are middle-aged and, like, Guys my age looks so old to me, like it's terrible. And um, most of yeah, you know, they're all married, you know. So uh, so it's actually easier at my age to be single, to be quite honest. But I think one of the things is give yourself to families. Uh, I think when singles hang out too much, you get so like. I know. Is that a is that a bad word? Um, you get so like, oh, why are we still single? And like, you know, and that guy looked at me, and that girl, like, whatever. So, so as singles, I want to encourage you: use your time for the kingdom. Life is short. I promise you. Like now, I'm thinking, I've got like a f- couple of decades left to serve Jesus and He's fetching me. Um, people ask me, do I feel called to be single? No. Like, obviously, I am right now. <laughs> like, it's not something I would have chosen for myself, but I love what God chose for me. I've, if I could choose for myself, I would have kids and a home and make apple cider vinegar and... <laughs> feed my chickens and I've got chickens and I made apple cider vinegar the other day. Anyway, um, that, that would be what I would want. That's what I've desired since I was a little girl and God gave me something else but he gave me a hundred times what I've given up. Homes and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and I don't know what's going to be in the age to come plus persecution um, and what a glorious thing to live for Jesus. So uh, whether you're married or single because some people, they wait so long to get married and as singles, I think that's one of the, maybe why I'm single, but I said to the Lord, please, if when I get married, let let my husband and I be more effective for the kingdom together than we would have been if we stayed single. And for those of you that get married, hey, there's lots of distractions, as scriptures say. When you have kids, like, you you probably have to put in more work and sacrifice to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Where for me as a single, I, I do have a lot of freedom. Um, but whether single or married, Serve him. Serve him. He's worth it. Time is short. He's coming back for us soon. We can drop dead today. Oh.
0: Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And um, I, I, this was a Mark Pierce question., yeah. not a Mark Pierce joke, although they do come in the truckloads. But he, <laughs> he had a question: um, A wow moment, Milani's greatest wow moment. Where the Lord used you to speak prophetically over someone or a church that you just went, Lord, you have surprised me here. This was incredible. Perhaps it turned a suburb around or a church around or, you know, maybe it changed a nation.
1: My goodness.
0: But where you were really surprised by the Lord's accuracy and how he used you in a special moment.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've got lots of stories, but I think the most special ones are actually pregnant women and babies I've prophesied over. And now, 20 years later, watching those kids' lives. You know, like at the gathering yesterday, uh, some of those boys that's in TMT team, team that was flunging themselves into the crowd, I prophesied over them before they were born. And I'm watching them live in that now. I mean, that blows my mind. I've got all these weird, like... Friends on, like now, there's the, the um, Joshi from the started messaging me. His, his mum said he's been asking me your number for ages. He's at TMT now. Hello, Auntie Milani. Just thinking about you, haven't chatted to you since I was 10 when we danced at my mum's wedding. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and um, just seeing these these young guys and young girls serving the Lord, and and you know, there's something about like, I, I mean, I obviously prophesy a lot and I train people in prophecy a lot, but the wonder. That God would speak over unborn child and then s- that you'll see them walk in it. It is, inc- it's really incredible. And then even things like sometimes I get such encouraging calls like, um, Mark Pierce's brother James. Um, I, I prophesied over them the one time. Obviously, I can't remember those what I said. I took a lot, but, um, the, uh, um, that I prophesied something over them. And one of the things I said is that, there's going to come a time where they're going to lead a home group and they're going to lie in bed afterwards and go, Oh my God, Jesus is amazing. I cannot believe what God did tonight. And I got a message from her like 10 years late, 10 years after that prophecy. She's, Milani, I just want to send you the recording of what you prophesied over us. But I just want to say tonight after home group, we we're laying in bed and I just, I was like, wow. Could it have been God, and like literally, I said those words, and then I remembered what you prophesied, you know, and just that thing that God has dreams that gets fulfilled. Just as the years go on, as we stay faithful to Him, as we keep in step with His Spirit, um, yeah. So, so that's pretty, pretty profound. Yeah.
0: But now, that the the truth is, it's very encouraging when you see this. Yeah. But for those of us that step out, the more we step out in God, the more we're going to also miss things because. Yeah. We, the Bible's going be here in part. Mm. And so even when he's gifted us, we, we're not going to get things right, and we mm. know that. And have you had moments oh, yes. of embarrassment, oh, yes. missing it, and um, <laughs> what's the funniest story you can tell us?
1: Okay, one of, <laughs> one of my embarrassing things is every time I see India, I was convinced that India was going to be a boy. So I, I, Andrew and MC's daughter, that's now also going with him to America. So uh, MC like, they were married for 13 years, she was, there were four reasons why she could never have a child, and the fifth reason was revealed when they actually took Enya out, but I had a dream, and I actually got the day of her conception right, like, the the day, like, I mean, it is crazy how accurate the dream was, but I was like, it's going to be a boy, it's yeah. going to be a boy, um, so I want to tell you, no matter how prophetic you are, you can be so right so many times, and you can be so wrong, and that's why we always push ourselves as ones who hear in parts, and trust God for confirmation, trust God, and hold lightly the things that we are highly convinced of, because it is, it's, it's an art, it's not a science, yeah. so that was one, big one, another really embarrassing one was, um, when in the beginning of the Durbanville plant, uh, they were in a venue that were way too small. They were in a room and it was just people and demons manifesting, people falling over, whatever. And I was trying to prophesy over people and I prophesied over this one guy and girl and I prophesied about their marriage and I prophesied about for her and him and whatever. And only years later she was in an outreach with me in Brazil and she told me that I prophesied over her and her brother. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, why didn't she say me? Why didn't you go? Ah, ah, like a, She goes, no, 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 you were going like a Boeing. And what you said to me was true for me. What you said to him was true for him. And what you said about our marriage was true for my husband and I. So, so that was the Elie off. So have you heard that story? That was Morgan, Morgan and Elias. But years later, she told me. So I'm sure I've done plenty of stuff like that. Um, and and, I, and I, I mean, I hear people that really believe they are sure. So I always say, I've been unsure, and I was right, and I've been sure, and I was wrong. Yeah. So so just remember that. Even if you grow in the prophetic, you're not God, and every word you say is not God. And we we prophesy through our grids. So also as our doctrine becomes more healthy, as we sort out our little pets, hates and pet loves, uh more and more there will be accuracy. But, you know, Kiri Sadi is one of the most accurate prophets that's, been is, like, traveled South Africa, and she, um, prophesied of a friend of mine, and where she was saying, she sees her playing basketball and whatever, and she's in netball, she's a, um, a professional netball player. And I'm like, if Gary Sardi could interpret netball as baseball, then, oh, not baseball. What's it? Basketball? Basketball, yeah.
0: Basketball, yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, just, just stay humble. <laughs> Very
0: good. Job. Very helpful. us, And I mean, having been in and and around us, uh, we'd love to give you a chance. We can go on forever. But anything that you feel for us, that you pick up for our family, congregation, Mm -hmm. what God's maybe called us to in this area, Mm -hmm. is there anything on your heart for us that you see, any areas that um, we can be more aware of in the Lord?
1: I'm I'm so aware that you are carriers of His presence, and um, I want to encourage you to keep Drinking deep from Jesus. And keep remembering who you're doing this for. Um, Keep giving out of that place of being full of him. Uh, I've heard you guys are having often having like just times of waiting on him and stuff. And you you can't go wrong seeking him, finding him, and then sharing him. Uh, I I think one one of the words the Lord has given me for the churches this year, and it's for you too, is there's um, a thief that's come to steal but you have a helper so to be always aware that your time your attention span everything there's a thief out there to keep stealing that wants to distract you wants to get you worried about not being married yet wants to get you worried about your salary wants to get you worried about this or that wants to get you obsessed about that new sport or that, that new thing wants to Steal hours on the internet. Like, you, there's a thief out to steal. But, we have a helper. And, um, if we can rely on the Holy Spirit, keep in step with Him, we can't go wrong. Whether we put our hands to just the daily things of working for a living, or, um, loving our families well, or that, do not, do not forget that you have a helper. Uh, And I really believe, I mean, I've had to learn over the years that I'm terrible at administrative stuff or whatever. And to say, Lord, I'm about to go to the bank now with my little forms and stuff, help me, Holy Spirit. Whether it's speaking to an unbeliever, help me, Holy Spirit. Whether it's meeting with a friend that needs encouragement, help me, Holy Spirit. And um, if we live as those who know our helper, then the thief will have very little chance to
0: steal. and um, so Malani if you have one prayer request from us that we can pray and carry you for the year ahead your travels what would, how could we share your burden as a congregation what could we even would love you to pray over you and pray with you just before because we may not see you for a while but what would be highest in your prayer, prayer requests
1: I, I don't have what it takes to do everything I have to do this year I don't have the mental capacity <laughs> I don't have the physical strength. I, I don't have the, I don't have it. The only thing I have is what he gives me. And I, I have such a desire this year to more than ever live in the moment, just receive new mercies every morning, um, just trust him for whatever that congregation needs through me. Um, and I, I don't want to live too far ahead. So I'm, I'm pretty much booked up a year ahead and it can, it can make me go, oh my hat, t- I shouldn't have committed to that or should I have done that or, yeah, it's, not a, it's a weird life I live. It's, it's an incredible privilege living in people's homes but it's also stressful. I often um, get very homesick, love my own space, love home. So, so I, I'm, not, I'm not cut out for this and yet he's called me to this. And I, I'm one of those people that's convinced The things he's asked of me is because he knows I know I can't do it. So even with the changes in Joshua and stuff, I really, when they prayed for us yesterday at the gathering, I was standing there going, I'm so weak, I'm so weak, I'm so weak, I need your anointing. So if you guys could pray for me for fresh anointing and just an ability to, to be faithful every day with what God puts in front of me instead of getting anxious about the day after, you know. I, I, I just want to share words that I, um, the Lord spoke to me in Joburg and when I brought it, I, I was like, I was almost like I'd beside myself because I just—it was such a revelation. But I, I believe the Lord wants to remind us that we were born for such a time as this, that, uh, the, the, that we're all here in this place because He has planned it since before the earth was made kind of thing. And um, that we're in an interesting time in the world's history. We're in a time between times. So uh, for those of you that like, like know, the time of the Gentiles, with the time where the Gentile nations could come in and, and um, the Jewish people have been veiled. And I believe we live in a time like never before, where we're in a time between two times, where the Gentile nations are still their hearts are still open. Don't believe that Europe is closed to us. Don't believe that people don't want to hear anymore. There is people whose hearts are still open. We gotta keep sharing the gospel. We're in a time where there's still time for ears to hear and for hearts to perceive. Um, And as much as I'm, like some of you might be very skilled evangelists, I'm not. But all I know is is that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few and we're alive in a time such as this. So I want to pray that over you, Lord, and this, your, your, your lights, Lord, these people that's full of your Holy Spirit, full of the oil of the Spirit, these, these virgins who's keeping their lamps full, who's ready for your return, Lord, may they let their light shine, God, may they let their light shine, God, I pray that you'll direct their steps, Lord, to their neighbours, to, to their loved ones, to family members that they haven't actually for a while knocked on that door, God, I pray that you'll will use them to share the good news that our Saviour has come, that our Saviour has come, that our King is a resurrected King, that Jesus save, that you have come and that your heart is for every nation and for every individual. So, Lord Jesus, just do that, Lord. Even I pray for a release of the prophetic, also with such a useful tool, words of knowledge, all those things just to capture people's attention with things that only God knows about them. Lord, I pray for a release of that, Lord. Your Holy Spirit, anoint us to speak your very words, Lord, that people would be cut to the heart and they'd fall on their knees and say, Surely God's among you. I pray for that, Lord. Lord, I thank you that many in this congregation will go, but I pray that they will be sent ones, that it would be right in perfect timing at the time that you will speak to the leaders, Lord, that we, as those who follow, will, will trust that you can say the same things to us you're saying, to, that you can tell the leaders that they should, that it's time to release us when the time comes. I pray for a, a deep trust, uh, a deep honoring of leadership, Lord, as the world doesn't know. And that will be sent, Lord, and that will go, and that will be like arrows in your hand that will hit the spot when we go, that there will be a fruitfulness, that your kingdom will be extended wherever we go in Jesus name.